Greetings and blessings in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Welcome to another episode of Get Right for Sunday. I am Pastor Wright. And I'm Vicar Pearson. We're going to look over the readings for the sixth Sunday after the Epiphany of our Lord. I have our Old Testament reading today, and it is from the book of Deuteronomy, the 30th chapter, starting at verse 15. See, I have set before you today life and good, death and evil. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I command you today, by loving the Lord your God, by walking in his ways, and by keeping his commandments and his statutes and his rules, then you shall live and multiply, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to take possession of it. But if your heart turns away and you will not hear, but are drawn away to worship other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall surely perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are going over the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today, that I have set before you life and death, blessing and curse. Therefore choose life, that you and your offspring may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying his voice, and holding fast to him, for he is your life and length of days, that you may dwell in the land that the Lord swore to your fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. This is an interesting reading because it is Moses really laying it bare before the Israelites, saying, here you have it. You have death and life. You black and white. You have these two extremes, and I'm setting it before you today in no uncertain terms that this is what you have before you. You have God and you have everything else. In God there is life. In God there is prosperity. In God there is blessing. But in everything else there is death, destruction, and calamity. And so you be the judge. You pick. And of course, it's an easy choice. Of course you would go with life, blessing, and happiness. But we know all too well that Israel falls away and goes astray. And this is not the only time that this happens. This is not the only time in the scriptures that the leader of Israel sets this dichotomy before the people. Shortly after our reading, Joshua succeeds Moses as the leader of Israel. And Joshua does a very similar proclamation when he's about to die, when he's about to hand over control to the next leader. He says in Joshua chapter 24, verse 14, Now therefore fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and in faithfulness. Put away the gods that your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt and serve the Lord. And if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose this day whom you will serve, whether the gods your fathers served in the region beyond the river or the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He even uses that same term, if it is evil in your sight to serve the Lord, calling the people back to the words of Moses a generation before, you've had good and evil set before you, life and death set before you. And which one do you think Yahweh is? Do you think it is evil to serve Yahweh or do you think it is good to serve Yahweh? So you have to choose today. You have life and death set before you. And again, at the end of the judges, you know, after Joshua comes all of the judges who judge Israel, Samuel, the last judge before the first of the kings, judges Israel in Samuel chapter 7. 
And Samuel said to all the house of Israel, If you are returning to the Lord with all your heart, then put away the foreign gods and the Asheroth from among you, and direct your heart to the Lord and serve him only, and he will deliver you out of the hand of the Philistines. So the people of Israel put away the Baals and the Asheroth, and they served the Lord only. And what this is, is this is the faith being delivered down to the next generation, saying, this is what has brought us thus far. The Lord has been good to us. The Lord has taught us this. The Lord has laid life and salvation before us. And we would be fools not to take him up on his promise. We would be fools not to take the Lord at his word, his word that he loves us, his word that he sustains us, and his word that he is our God. We would be devoting ourselves to death and damnation to say, no, Lord, you are not my God. No, Lord, you are not the one who sustains my life. No, Lord, something else can take better care of me than you can. And this is the bold statement that our lot is with the Lord. The Lord is the one who controls our daily lives day in and day out and sustains us all the days of our lives. And we carry on this tradition still in the church, in the rite of confirmation, of passing the faith down to the next generation and setting it before them, saying, is this the confession that you make? Is this the faith that you have? Is this the Lord you serve? And it's not saying that if you will serve him, then he will be your Lord. No, it is saying this is the Lord who has been revealed to you, whom we've told you about. Will you serve him? Will you love him? And will you recognize all that he has done for you? I have the Holy Gospel according to St. Matthew, the fifth chapter. You have heard that it was said of those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says, you fool, will be liable to the hell of fire. So if you are offering your gift at the altar, and there remember that your brother has something against you, leave your gift there before the altar and go. First be reconciled to your brother, and then come and offer your gift. Come to terms quickly with your accuser, while you are going with him to court, lest your accuser hand you over to the judge, and the judge to the guard, and you be put into prison. Truly I say to you, you will never get out until you have paid the last penny. You have heard that it was said, you shall not commit adultery. But I say to you, that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body be thrown into hell. And if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. For it is better that you lose one of your members than that your whole body go into hell. It was also said, Whoever divorces his wife, let him give her a certificate of divorce. But I say to you that everyone who divorces his wife, except on the ground of sexual immorality, makes her commit adultery. 
and whoever marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Again, you have heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not swear falsely, but shall perform to the Lord what you have sworn. But I say to you, do not take an oath at all, either by heaven, or for it is the throne of God, or by the earth, for it is his footstool, or by Jerusalem, for it is the city of the great king. And do not take an oath by your head, for you cannot make one hair white or black. Let what you say be simply yes or no. Anything more than this comes from evil. Our Lord Jesus Christ has this wonderful ability to really just kind of cut to the quick. He doesn't mince words. He doesn't say, oh, it's okay. Let me come here and pat you on the back and build you up and we'll just, we'll just work to make it better. Our Lord in this text lays out his, the fullness of his wrath, the fullness and the true depth of our sin. It's not good enough that we just don't murder people or commit adultery or do all these other things commanded by God. No, we are even commanded not to think angry and hateful and evil thoughts against our brothers and sisters in Christ. We are even not to have lust in our hearts for our sin is more than just simply our action. It goes into our thought. It goes into our words. It goes into the fact that this is what we do in our old nature, in our corrupt bodies. And when Jesus says, you heard, he is looking at the Pharisees and saying, you have been taught wrong. You have been built up that it makes that completing the law superficially that means, again, simply not just murdering, not committing adultery, is good enough in the Lord's sight. Jesus pulls that rug out from under us and lays our sin bare. And as Vicar was talking about in the Old Testament text, really lays life and death. Are you going to be mine and live in my forgiveness? Live as the child of God that I have called you to be? Are you going to conform your life to my mercy, my forgiveness, my gifts? Or are you going to go out on your own and, and proudly boast, look, I have not murdered, I have not committed adultery, and we stand on our own power, our own feet, and the weight of sin, the weight of death does nothing but crushes. And only our Lord can lift us out of this. That's really evident, that fact that we cannot stand on our own works. We cannot stand on our own righteousness to achieve the righteousness that God has called us to, to achieve this, this sanctified life that we now live in Christ. Because in each of those examples from the Old Testament that I read, of Moses calling on the people to serve the Lord, of Joshua calling on the people to serve the Lord, of Samuel calling on the people to serve the Lord, each and every time the children of Israel went back on their vow. They, they vowed to serve the Lord. They erected monuments to these vows. They held each other accountable. They said, no, we will be accountable to this promise that we have made. And each and every time, sometimes 
just on the very next page, they have a change of heart. They give up their devotion to the Lord and they go after other gods. And this is why God sends his son, Jesus Christ, to be the perfect and obedient son that Israel could never be. This is why the work of God is perfected in Christ and not in the sinful, broken people that we are. The idea that uh, Israel, God's people, vow and promise, yes, Lord, give us your law. We delight in this gift. We know what to do. And then seconds, moments later, we chase after the new shiny thing. And then we build ourselves up around this. We make that new shiny thing, then connect it to God. And we make it right. And we try to squish it and say, this is something that God would be happy that we're doing. That's exactly what the Pharisees did with God's law. They said, yes, only do this and it will please God. And then it makes it look like we're actually doing what God says to do. But we are woefully far from completing what God has done, or God has commanded us to do. When we look at the gospel lesson, Jesus is really laying out, this is the bar of perfection. Live it. And what do we do? Lord, this is too much. I cannot do it. And Jesus looks upon us, true mercy, true compassion, and says, I know, I have lived your life in perfection. I have died to your sins, that you may live here in true peace and live in the glory that is to come. It is my hope and prayer that this little time together, looking over God's word for this coming Sunday, helps you prepare to meet your Lord in the divine service. We meet here at Holy Cross on Saturday at 6 p.m. and on Sunday at 8 and 10.30. God's peace be with you.